Thank you for downloading The Luminous Mind, episode 32. There are some things that are in life, especially parenting is one of these things that are so important for people to do that they're worth doing poorly and that if we do them, we will get better. Benjamin Franklin once said, Do not curse the darkness, rather light a candle instead. If you're ready to set your mind on fire, then prepare yourself for the Luminous Mind with your host, Rebecca Bowman. Today's fire starter is Paula Taylor. Paula grew up in Indiana and then attended college at BYU-Provo where she met her husband, Cameron. They've been married for 14 years and have three children. Cameron works from home and so her family gets to spend lots of time together and they love it that way. They currently live in Rigby, Idaho and are in their third year of homeschooling. Welcome, Paula. Thanks, Rebecca. We're happy to be here. (laughs) Now, Paula is super fun. If you ever get to spend any time with her, she gets you laughing and, and she's very I love her outgoing personality. So glad to have her here. Paula, we kind of briefly told our audience about you. Do you want to go tell us a little bit more about yourself? Um, I guess, uh, you know, as far as like hobbies and and stuff like um, you know the way that my husband and I even met was uh, through a leadership seminar at BYU so we both very much gravitate toward leadership training and teaching like we're pretty dang passionate about it so I've uh, helped run a seminar in Utah for this is my 18th year now um, and wow. I honestly I, I love I love youth yeah I love working with them and we both are pretty passionate about education so I don't know why I never even considered homeschooling from the get-go quite frankly <laughs> <laughs> so, so what was your personal educational experience? You know what? I had a pretty, I think, a, a pretty normal American education experience. You know, I grew up in a small town in Indiana, and it wasn't like we had horrible schools, but it certainly, you know, wasn't anything amazing either. And you know, I always did well in school. Like I naturally loved learning and I was a super competitive person so you know kind of being the best you know helped me to want to achieve as well but I kind of felt like by the time that I got to high school that I think that the education system had almost beaten the love of learning out of me especially (laughs) with my competitive nature you know instead of you know, learning things for the love of it. It was, you know, because I was afraid of, you know, failing because people was like to compare themselves to me and wanted to know how I did on this or that or the other, you know. And so, yeah, it, it didn't become about learning anymore. And and I, and I hated that. I, I do. I have a lot of negative memories from, from high school, you know, education that way. Like, I honestly, I look back and I'm like, oh, I don't want that for my children at all. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> it was like if so, you couldn't get the gold star, then it wasn't worth doing type thing. Yeah, well, and, and it wasn't necessarily the great, it was more like the comparison. Everybody compared themselves to me, I felt. They were always asking how I performed. And if they did better than me, it was just like, oh, I beat Paula, you know, and yeah, and so it just kind of drove it out of me, you oh, know. I I didn't like that system at all. So <laughs> so why oh, well. did why did you choose to homeschool? It really was some of my neighbors. You know, we we lived 
and Cameron and I, when we were first married, we lived in Utah um, for our first years. And I actually was introduced to homeschooling by one of my my dear friends. She was a walking partner, and she had a son who um, has Asperger's. And you know, she would just kind of depending on the year, she would homeschool it. It would depend on who he got assigned to a teacher. Some teachers he just didn't connect with, or he was struggling in the classroom, and she would take him out those years. And so I was kind of introduced, you know, to homeschooling by her, and really loved what she did with her son, but I didn't really have any thoughts about it because, you know, our school system was fantastic. I had one kid in school, you know, they started a Chinese immersion program. It was just wonderful. And, you know, I, I just never got gave homeschooling a second thought. When we moved to Idaho a couple years later, you know, I was, there was lots of homeschoolers in our area and particularly like two of my neighbors, Jessica and Tracy, like I just really admired them. You know, I watched their children and I was like, wow, you know, they have really good kids and a lot of the stereotypes, the negative stereotypes that I'd heard about homeschooling, I was like, her kids, their kids don't fit those molds at all, you know? (laughs) So my neighbor, Jessica, especially like I worked with her in Cub Scouts and her oldest was in my Cub Scout den for two years. And so I would talk with her a lot. I'm just naturally curious and just would ask her questions about homeschooling. And she would just start asking me, she'd like, why don't you homeschool, Paula? Why don't you think about that? You'd be great at it. You'd love it, you know? And I had never really taken the time to ask myself that question. And, you know, when her asking me that, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I should pray about it. So, so I prayed about it and I just had such a clear answer that, yes, this is what you need to do. And then I I remember it was probably about a month later, like I had originally decided that, oh, I was going to do one of those online schools that another homeschooling neighbor did. And it would be, oh, easy transition in, you know, I'll just be home with my kids, but all of this stuff will be laid out. And about a month before we were supposed to start, I had went to a little neighborhood Q&A session. We had quite a few neighbors that were interested in homeschooling. And Jessica, you know, why? Wiseman and Tracy Ward were holding this little Q&A session and I went to that and I came back and I knew that doing this online program was not for our family. I just felt a pit in my stomach. So so I felt good about leaving that in the dust, but I was terrified because I'm like, oh my word, what am I going <laughs> to <You know>, do? <laughs> school starts technically in a month, you know, whatever. And I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no background in any of this. And, and it was kind of one of those panic moments, but I feel like homeschooling, like my decision to homeschool has kind of changed me in a lot of ways for the better. Like I've really, one of my favorite scriptures has always been, you know, first Nephi three, seven, that, you know, when God gives us a command, he always is going to, to give us the means to, you know, fulfill that requirement. And, you know, I began thinking, I'm like, I know that God gave me that confirmation that I'm supposed to homeschool. And so I either believe that he can help me or I don't believe that he can help me. And I believe he can help me. I know I'm doing the right thing. I got my right answer. So I just need to start moving my feet and things will fall into place for me. And they did, you know, like when I was in, in high school, one of the quotes that I, I memorized as a kid was uh, Neil A. Maxwell. He, he said that God doesn't ask us about our ability or inability, but are about our availability. And if we prove our dependability, he'll take care of our capability. I felt that it, that has helped me so much in my life. I have great faith in God and I don't do things perfectly at all. You know, I think our first year of homeschooling, we, we spent a lot of time at the library and getting books and reading 
<laughs> ton of things, you know, but it, but it was fun and we enjoyed doing things together. So that was kind of my start to homeschooling. So well, I'm still a novice. Of, lots of reading is the best way to start anyway, right? <laughs> exactly. So exactly. Great. How has your paradigm, like your educational philosophy and paradigm kind of changed over time and with experience? Well, I guess kind of first as far as um, I don't, I really don't think that my educational philosophy or paradigm has changed all that much. Like I would, I'd probably sum up my philosophy, you know, by saying that, you know, I believe that one, that the learner is paramount, you know, like I I feel like the, the teacher is kind of like a, a sidebar here type of thing that unless a child is ready and eager to learn, they're not going to learn, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of dog and pony show you put on or how spectacular you're on. Like they have to want to learn. And I also, the one thing, that I knew very clearly when I became homeschooling was that I was not the teacher, that the Holy Spirit was the teacher, that Christ was our teacher, you know, through the Holy Spirit, and that I needed to learn, A, how to be better about being taught by the Spirit myself, and that, you know, I needed to help facilitate this environment where the Spirit could speak clearly to us. And I and I also, I also feel pretty strongly as far as, you know, an educational philosophy, I just believe that not all truths are created equal, you know, they're, they're just not. And I feel like a lot of what the world tells us it's so important to learn. And I feel like they obsess over, oh, your first grader needs to know this and your third grader needs to know this. And I was reading an article by Bruce R. McConkie the other day, and, and he was talking about how, you know, that we need to make sure that we devote, you know, a larger portion of our time to the pursuit of, you know, of, of things in the spiritual realm. And, you know, and he said he was just like, we need PhDs in faith and righteousness. You know, this is quoting him now. He says, things that will profit us everlastingly are not the power to reason, but the ability to receive revelation, not the truths learned by study, but the knowledge gained by faith. Not what we know about the things of the world, but our knowledge of God's and his laws. You know, and that's the end of that quote. I do think like that's one thing with my homeschooling that we have been very faithful about is I feel like that homeschool has given me more time to talk with my children about God, should I say, and about his truths. And not that we're neglecting, you know, math and literature and other things, but those things, if we don't get other things done on that day, we always get those things done because they are the most important things for my children to learn. The other things will fall into place. I feel like if you teach a child to love learning and to be able to be fed by the spirit, they will be fine their whole lives. I don't know about your experience. Like I look about my school education when I really look at like what I learned and retain I'm like oh dude like I was the valedictorian in my class and yet I would say that I was a moron you know like I've learned more about so many subjects since I began homeschooling than I ever did back then so I'm just like gee whiz Paula just relax your kids don't have to learn it all in 18 years they have their whole life and all of eternity to learn things you know and Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) so, you know, as far as like with changing, I would say about the only thing that my, my philosophy hasn't changed, but my ability to implement it has gotten better. So, because I feel like there's a big difference between even having a philosophy and knowing truth about something and then being able to implement that truth. Like I can know how to read and have a passion for reading, but that doesn't make me a good teacher, you know, of reading. (laughs) So I, I just feel like I've, over the last couple of years, I've gotten better at learning to teach by the spirit and have the spirit with me, you know, learning skills to help motivate my children more or whatever. And I still am a long way, you know, I still have a long ways to go, but I'm getting better at living out my philosophy. Yeah. 
So well, I think what I love about what you're saying is that, you know, you're relying on God to help you teach your children in a better way. And I remember when I first started homeschooling, one of the critics that said, oh, well, only the radically religious <laughs> homeschool. And I was never really like super religious. But as time has went on, I have been. But it's only because, like you said, it has given you an opportunity to talk to God about your children. And that's what I realized, that instead of relying on a state agency, I now am relying on their maker. You know, I'm yeah. relying on the person who helped create them. And so that does, I guess it turned me into a religious fanatic just because of that. You know, I didn't, I think a lot of people, they do, they rely on society and they rely on all those state agencies around to say, oh yeah, this is what you need to learn to be an educated person. And this is what your children need to be doing. And instead of relying on, like I said, their creator and their maker and really turning to Heavenly Father about your children. I love what you said. I hope that's kind of... And I do feel like, you know, I feel like that one of my main roles as an educator in my home is to help my children identify the gifts that God has given them naturally and, and help them to know how to use those, to, you know, develop those. And I feel like spiritual gifts, even ones that were not given naturally, I mean, I feel like God tells us in the scriptures that we can gain any spiritual gift. Like if we're searching and willing to put in the work, he'll, he'll bless us with that. That's what I, I kind as of, as long lament. as there's a drive there for you. to it, Exactly. To well, that. and that's just revelation period. I feel like, you know, God's promise is if you seek, you'll find, if you knock, he'll open it to you. Just most of us, the amount of time that we devote, you know, to learning from him isn't that much. Yeah. <laughs> so well, and sadly, we're developing children that have a good general knowledge, but really having any in-depth learning, you know, that's all been siphoned away because we're so focused on, oh, they've got to know this vast knowledge of everything versus yeah. being really specialized in something. So well, and they also, you know, I think of the scripture in is it Second Nephi where they, you know, they say that to be learned is good if you hearken to the counsels of God. Because I'm like, if you're learned and you know all of these things and you're very persuasive, but, but you have no moral foundation at all, it's like you become an excellent tool for the devil. I don't yeah. want that for my children. You know, it's like I want them to be a good tool for God, not for Satan. Yeah. So. <laughs> so what's the best? advice that you've ever received? I think the best advice for me has honestly been to be still. Um, As you know, like I am a bit of a mover, like I could just go all day. For me, it's been learning how to be still and to meditate, you know, and and Psalms, it tells us to be still and know that I am God. And and that for me has been, I still like, I know that truth, but I, I have to write to myself every day, you know, like a little reminder note, you know, it's just like, oh, sit down, Paula, sit down for a few minutes. Because, I mean, there's always, you know, I, I think it's interesting because I kind of have geared towards, oh, like if you work harder and faster, you'll get more done. And it's just, it's just not true. Yeah. You know, I feel like when you take time to slow down and to think and to absorb and to allow God to talk to you, you're more productive in the long run and you're not as tired. So <laughs> that for me personally, <laughs> you know, meditation myself. is definitely a good learning tool. No, and I, and I so. feel like the way that our world is geared now it's so easy to rely upon the arm of flesh because it's just like you can find the answer to everything just by, you know, Google, Google. Pinterest, yeah. whatever, instead of, you know, going to God first and saying, huh, 
what should I do for this? And not that any of those things are bad. God may lead you to those, but I just feel like too often that's like our first impulse. Mm. Google it. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know? more of a distraction sometimes than exactly. a Exactly, it can so. be because you can spend hours and hours looking on a Pinterest board, but it's just like, have you actually spent 10 minutes just sitting and asking God and just sitting and listening to see if he'll respond to you? Yeah. <laughs> like, and a lot of times the answer is no. Yeah. So... So what do you think about socialization? And then what do you think it means to be socialized? I think that my perception has changed a lot since I've started homeschooling, you know, on socialization. So because, you know, and as you know, with being a homeschool mom, I think that's one of the big cons that people will put up there that, oh, your kids are going to be wacko if uh, you're homeschooled. They won't know how to relate with people. And, and I just I just feel like that's poppycock, you know, it, that really is what it is. I, you know, and, and I look at a lot of the kids that I have known that have started homeschooling, they've been, you know, a little different anyway. Not that that's bad, but they haven't fit into what, you know, the cool kid mold is. And so it's like they're tortured at school. It's one of the reasons they end up going home because they have such a miserable experience. I mean, I know that's not the experience of every family, but but I feel like, you know, with socialization, I feel like public school, I'm like, really? Like, how is this like a pattern for real life? Like where, when we are an adult, do we ever sit in the same room just with kids our own age and eat lunch with people our own age and our teachers always older than us and it's like that's not the way it is you know when you get out of college you may have a boss that's 10 years younger than you and you may be the guy next to you may be 70 years old like and I also look at like what I think socialization is I feel like that we should be more concerned about what God thinks socialization is and I feel like he wants us to respect one another as children of God to look at everybody and love them and know how to get along with them and respect them even if their opinions are different from us so I don't know I don't think that public school in particular does a very good job at that. I think it creates a bunch of carbon copies who are all trying to think and dress and act the same way. And I I don't think that's socialization at all. Yeah, it's like like you get henpecked until you finally conform, you know, until you finally decide. And I think that's one thing that I love is that maybe when you homeschool, it gives your children freedom to love being weird because everyone's got their own weirdness about them. You know, everyone's got their little quirks and stuff. And and maybe when they're finally homeschooled, they're okay with that. They don't have to be henpecked to conform. My family, like my husband, we live like right next to all of his family. Like we built a, a home, like my in-laws home attaches to ours and straight through our backyard is one of my brother and sister-in-laws and next door to that brother is another brother and his wife. And so we get lots of cousin and aunt and uncle time and stuff. And one of my little nieces who is my daughter's age, like she was giving her a bad time a couple of months ago because she was just like, you play with too many babies. Babies, you know, referring to kids in our neighborhood that were maybe two or three years younger than she was. <laughs> and I had to explain to my daughter, I'm just like, sweetheart, you know what? She is at school all the day with people just who are in our own grade. Like, there's nothing wrong with being great with younger kids. Kennedy's great with kids that are my, you know, her older brother's age. She's great with kids her own age, but she doesn't have a problem playing with kids that, you know, are three or four years younger than her. And I'm like, I think that's a great thing. Yeah. I think it's great that, you know, you're not uh, discriminating on age if you enjoy being around somebody that, you know, you know, delve into it. You know, I'll have to say that one of the things that I feel like that has been super great for our family as far as with socialization is that it's probably been about two to two and a half years ago, we started doing family home evening once a month for a local nursing home. Oh, that's we decided cool to, to stick with, you know, one nursing home so that we could get to know the people, you know, over time. And it has, I've seen such a change in my children. And not that 
they're, you know, amazing with them. But when we first started going, it's just like they're scared half to death of these people. They're old and wrinkly. Some of them drool, you know, some they of them smell weird. Exactly. <laughs> and now every time before we leave family home evening, it's just like they give each of my kids walk around and give all of these kids, uh, you know, these people hugs. My oldest Mitchell like has all of their names down. Like they have begun to see them as people and to care about them. And, you know, we've watched several of them die, you know, over these uh, last couple yeah. of years. And it's been good experience to talk with them about that cycle and whatever. So it's been, it's been such a great experience for our family overall. That like is, I have loved awesome. it. That's a good anyway. idea. Before we go on, let us take a minute and hear about our sponsors. Hey, Firestarters. This is Mark, producer of The Luminous Mind. If you're like me, the thought of going out to the store and shopping is enough to make you want to crawl in a hole and hide. If that's you, then do your shopping online through Amazon. Just go to theluminousmind.net, click on the Amazon link, and shop away. Also, most of the books and resources that Rebecca and her guests discuss can be found on our Amazon links as well. Again, if you're like me, you have already accidentally signed up for Amazon Prime. So most of those purchases should have free shipping as well. Good luck! obstacles you face are and then what have you learned from them you know what I feel like I'm a pretty weak person like I just I, I look at myself all the time I'm like it is really amazing that you homeschool because not that I'm crazy disorganized but I'm not you know amazingly organized and I feel like I'm an impatient person and you know that I'm not qualified to teach on <laughs> so many of these subjects but you know what like I I really so maybe self-doubt has been my biggest obstacle but I have just time and time again you know just been reassured by the spirit that I'm okay <laughs> like God uses the weak people of the earth to do great things and I'm a weak person and I, I take great you know solace in that so I honestly <laughs> I rely on God a lot so I guess that that's a good thing to be humble while you're homeschooling exactly. like I guess maybe those who think that they're really amazing maybe their kids aren't getting the education that they need uh, I don't know <laughs> so what do you do to combat discouragement I can't imagine you feeling discouraged because you're you so know I about. I do get discouraged I mean not you know not tons but I'll have to tell you just I mean just a week ago like I was having one of those days that Cameron came home and my husband Cameron came home from playing basketball and I was in the shower and I, I'm just sobbing hysterically. I'd had a really rotten, like, I, I don't even know what had happened. I think I had started doing some stuff with my daughter that morning and it had not gone well. And, and I was just like, I don't know why I'm doing this. <laughs> I like, I think my kids hate me. It sucks up all my time. And if my kids are going to turn out to be stupid and not even like their mother, I don't understand why I'm doing this, you know? Yeah. And my husband just looked at me and he was like, you need a blessing. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I do. So, um, that is one thing that I definitely has done. 
honest, you know, the priesthood has been very helpful for me. My husband has given me many blessings over the last three years that I've been homeschooling. Um, And one of the things that our family started doing about two years ago was we started recording all of the the father's blessings that my, my kids get, whether they're sick or they're just in need of something. We've been recording them and transcribing them or spiritual experiences that happen. We, we keep them in their own little kind of small plates book. And I go through and I read those. Another thing that has really helped me, I feel like, to be grounded is to is to memorize scriptures. Like I, I really, I think that Philippians 4.13, um, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I probably recite that to myself a dozen <laughs> times a day, you know, or another one that the Holy Ghost often brings to my mind is Proverbs 15.1, which is a soft answer, turn the way wrap. <laughs> <laughs> and, and sometimes I don't listen to the Holy Spirit <laughs> when he's whispering that. But I feel like that memorizing um, scriptures, like I remember Elder Scott referring to them as packets of light. And, and that's what they've been for me. There, there's just times when I do feel discouraged or when I start to say, I can't do this. And then it's just like, you can do all things to Christ. Christ and you, girl. So it comes to my mind. The Holy Ghost brings scriptures to my mind. So. That's awesome. <laughs> Great. So what are some successes that you've seen? Hopefully you've seen something in the last three I, you know, years. I've, I've definitely seen successes, but, you know, I will have to be honest. I really feel like the biggest success story has been me. <laughs> <laughs> so because really, like, I feel like I have become a better person and a better mother by choosing to homeschool. You know, like I, you know, I think one of the most common things that I hear from mothers out there that, you know, when they see what we're doing, you know, in our home, they'll be like, I could never do that. I'm not patient enough or I'm not smart enough or I'm not whatever enough. Yeah. Like, I just feel like it's not true. You know, like I, I feel like that God, you know, when we're willing to do something for him. And being a mother is hard. And then being a homeschooling mother on top of it is really, really hard. So, but I'm just like, God, this is what he wants us to do. He wants us to be teachers. Like I know he does. And you know what, who God calls, he qualifies. So I feel like I have, I have learned a heap and I've learned a a lot more about how to connect with my children as well. Like I remember one particular incident that I had with my oldest son, like I was trying to get him to do some writing and he just, didn't like writing and was, you know, and I wasn't even asking him to write that much. And I, in my mind, I'm just like, you're a big baby. I just want to call you a baby. <laughs> Buck it up, buddy. Like this is easy stuff, you know, but the Holy ghost, he was just like, go outside and play ball with him. He's been bugging you all morning about playing ball. And so we go out in the yard and we start throwing a ball around. And as we're throwing a ball around for 15 minutes, he starts talking with me about the writing assignment that I've asked him to do and start some of the things that I was even going to suggest to him that, oh, you could put this in your paper. He says all of those things as we're sitting there and throwing a ball around, you know, and, and that's just one of, I think, a gazillion things that have happened over the last couple of years where I've been able to understand that God knows me and he knows my children and that if I'll just listen to him, he'll guide me, he'll help me to know how to teach them when to shut up and not say anything you know when to let it go you know or when to you know keep on them about something because they need to you know learn persistence or to do hard things or whatever but I'm like God knows my children so I I, that has been a success so that is Share with us personal habits that help to make you successful do you have any of those (laughs) Uh, you know like honestly I, I would say that 
number one habit that we have is that that we that we try to put God first. You know, like like I mentioned earlier, you know, like even days that things go really really wrong, like it is pretty rare that we we don't have our family devotional. Like as was mentioned, my husband works from home, and so we have very flexible schedules. Uh, I I would say that you know ninety five percent of the time during the year we eat breakfast together. We start the day out together. It's not always at the same time, but we eat breakfast together, and then immediately after that, you know we we have our family devotional, you know, and we do the pledge and sing a hymn and read the scriptures and memorize scriptures. And that is a great start to our day. And I, and I feel like that, you know what, if nothing else, like, I feel like that my kids, like when they see that habit, they'll know that that's the most important thing to their mom and dad, that even if we don't get around to learning anything else that day, God's word is important to our family. And I, I think my kids know that. So that is great. So what are some ways you feel like your family's benefited the most from homeschooling? I was thinking about, I, don't, I just feel like my life has just been dramatically changed for the better from homeschooling. And I was thinking it was the President Uchtdorf who had talked about that it's not just, you know, a lot of people will say that it's, you know, quality, not quantity, which, you know, is, is true. But at the same time, but that he said something to the effect that if you have enough quantity, you'll get quality, which I totally <laughs> believe, you know, and I feel like I have so much more opportunity to have quality moments with my children because I am with them all the time. Discussions that we can have that I'm like, they'd be having a discussion with their peers about this and who knows what the jack they'd be getting, quite frankly. (laughs) I I just feel like I have the opportunity to be a positive influence on them and they on me. I've learned just as much from my children as, you know, I hope that they've learned from me. So I just, you know, I'm a big proponent. I just, yeah, I think that you spend enough time together you're gonna get grand results so I love how you say that you've learned more from your kids because I definitely sometimes I'm like you guys are the teacher here (laughs) I'm I'm here to learn (laughs) I I really I just would uh, I would love to see what they were like you know in the pre-existence I often think I'm like you guys are probably older than me in spirit years and we're way wiser so (laughs) I uh, I'll just learn from you (laughs) exactly (laughs) great so what are some long-term goals that you guys have for yourselves? I feel like Cameron and I are very much, you know, obviously we have the ever-present goal, you know, short-term and long-term of being able to, you know, learn by the Spirit and to learn how to receive revelation. And I feel like that's a lifetime pursuit, you know. As I mentioned about the gifts, I mean, that that is another big key that, you know, we, we are focusing all the time is trying to discover what our kids gifts are and trying to help them develop those so you know and to figure out what we can do at any given moment to to build up God's kingdom um I think Cameron and I really long term we talk a lot about opening a school someday you know like and I feel like homeschooling has been good for us because you know I I just feel like the the world's way of learning it is wrong there's some truths in there but it's been mixed with so much muck that it's just messed up you know and so homeschooling has made us think a whole lot. And I I hope that one day we'll be able to open a school or develop some kind of system that we can help more people to learn in a more godlike, you know, way. So that's awesome. That would be a great goal. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. What advice or encouragement would you give someone who's just starting out? I think that, you know, one of the bits of advice I would give is just not to compare yourself with others. Um, I have a a plaque that sits in my living room that says that comparison is the thief of joy. And I, and I think that is, um, it's very true. Like I, you know, one of, my my daughter, my only daughter, she's really she's really struggled with learning how to read. And we've made 
so much progress over the last six months. It's just been exhilarating, you know. But if I look at her age and where she's at, instead of celebrating and it being this joyous thing, you know, if I start comparing her to her cousin or her friend who's her age, like I suddenly let joy vanishes and it's just like suddenly I'm discouraged because she's not keeping up. What is keeping up? You know, every child is on their own pace. And I think that's one of the the great things about homeschooling is we're all going to get there. But I think it also applies like one of the things that I've noticed, and I definitely was like this, especially in the first year or so, is that kind of reminds me of, uh, oh, shoot, I think it's in Ephesians where it says that, um, you know, you're, oh, you're whipped around by every wind of doctrine type of thing. Um, You know, my experience is that homeschooling mothers, like they're seekers, they're always looking for new ways to do things. They're looking for truth, like they want to be taught and fed, which is such a great attribute. But at the same time, it's really easy to just kind of look over at this family and look at their success and be like, oh, I need that curriculum or, oh, I need to read that book and implement that. And before you know it, you've spent like $3,000 in different curriculums and all of these books and they're all like sitting on your shelves and it's just like, oh, brother, (laughs) you know, so I I think a piece of advice would be just like, be still, (laughs) you know, it's, it's good to, you know, get advice and to learn from other people, but always make sure to give yourself some time to pray and think and ponder and be like, huh, will that work for my family? And, you know, and if it will, even if it will work for your kids, if it won't work for you, if you're not going to be able to implement, then it's not going to be a good system for you. So, so it's just like, yeah, learn from other people, but don't be tossed around by everything that's going around you. Do what's best for your family. And God is the only one who knows that. Like seek revelation and then trust it. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Have faith in the process. (laughs) Yeah. I, I look at some of the most learned men in history. You know, I look at somebody like a Joseph Smith that I'm just like, geez, you barely went to school at all. And I read your writings and I'm like, wow, you write better than I do. So, um, <laughs> you know, he was taught by God. And you know, I remember reading an article um, a couple years ago. It was about like the whole teacher learner dynamic. And it, it brought up the truth that, you know what, whatever truth it is, at one point, there wasn't a teacher to teach it besides God. Like somebody had to learn the truth initially, which just brings forth the truth that it's just like, Okay, if this person could learn it without any teacher, you know, mortal teacher, then anybody really could, you know, if they put in the time and effort. So anyway, I just, I'm a big proponent of God can teach us. That's That's great. So do you have a favorite book or resource that you want to share with us? I think that since I've been homeschooling, you know, as you can tell, I've been kind of obsessed with, you know, like teaching by the spirit and revelation type of thing. And one of the things that I had been told in a blessing a couple years ago is that I should seek out people that I felt teachers and, and read, you know, what they read to learn from them. And two names that were brought to my mind immediately were, um, you know, Elder Bednar and Elder Richard Scott. Because I, I really, like, I um, I feel like they talk a lot about teaching and learning the Holy Ghost and receiving revelation and stuff. And so I've I've read a ton of their conference talks over the last couple of years, and I've learned immensely from it. That's been very helpful for me. So. Oh, that's great. Okay. So what changes would you like to see in the world in the future? Everyone could get along. Just a realization of what a mess our world is in and how our freedoms are diminishing. I just, I wish for our world that we could get back to having the freedoms that we once had when our country was established because I think it's great to respect other people's opinions, but I, I want my, I want to be able to express my opinion. I hope I always have the right to teach my children at home. Like I, I want that right. I want that right for other people. It's, it's important. Before we say goodbye, is there any parting words that you have or maybe a favorite quote that you'd like to share? And then 
maybe if someone wants to get a hold of you, is there a way that somebody can contact you? Yeah. And I guess this is one of my favorite quotes. It came to my mind when, when I was, you know, reading your prompt question here. But uh, back in college, I remember reading this, this quote by G.K. Uh, Chesterton, where he says, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. And not that, you know, he does specify in his paper, he's not talking about, you know, if we're trying to fly an airplane or something like that, you're not just looking for anybody, you know, who does it poorly. But he said that there are some things that are in life, especially parenting is one of these things that are so important for people to do that they're worth doing poorly. And that if we do them, we will get better. And I believe that, you know, and I, and I've looked at homeschooling that way too. Like, I feel like it's, it's a noble call and you know what? I'm not going to be perfect at it. I'm immortal. I'm going to, I'm going to screw up in countless times, but it's worth doing. I have better relationships with my children and I, I know um, that I'm getting better at the same time. So it's just like, do poorly, man. You're okay. Like, just do. <laughs> you'll get better. <laughs> yeah. A guy I interviewed yesterday, his big thing is, have you failed enough? The, the failure actually brings a lot of learning and a lot of self-growth. And if you don't fail enough, you miss out on that learning opportunity. Well, so. no, it means that you're not doing enough is what it means. And I know I'm a big believer. My husband and shoot in one of the lectures he does, he tells a story of, I think it's IBM and a guy who made a mistake that cost the company. I can't remember how much it was. It was like $10 million. It was just ridiculous. And when he comes in to meet with a boss, he thinks that, you know, oh, he's going to fire me and stuff. And he walks into the room and the boss does nothing at all and nothing at all and nothing at all. And finally, you know, this poor little employee says, so I guess you're going to want my resignation. And he was like, heavens, no, I just spent $10 million on your education. <laughs> like, that's a great way to look at stuff. And yeah. we try to teach our, our kids that. So, and as far as uh, contact, my, uh, my email is just my name. It's Paula, middle name, Joe, J-O, Taylor at hotmail.com. So, or yeah, my phone number is 801. Oh boy. <laughs> there we go. You can do the 801. We'll stop right there. <laughs> so now <laughs> I don't, uh, who knows what kind of listenership we end up having. I hope that it's all positive. <laughs> <laughs> we never know. Well, if somebody wants to track me down and shoot me, that'll be exciting. Yeah. I guess it's not that hard to find people anymore. So. <laughs> I may have mentioned God way too much. <laughs> exactly. Not well, enough. Well, so. thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed talking with you. You're, well, I love your enthusiasm. You're so much fun to be around. So well, thank you. Thanks, Rebecca. I totally appreciate it. And best of luck on your other interviews. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. To learn more about Paula Taylor, go to our website, theluminousmind.net. Also, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Google+. Subscribe to our audio content by going to iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher. Tell us what we can do for you. Help us to continue to light minds on fire and change the paradigm of education. 